my friends. Fall has officially fallen. The leaves gather at my garage door. The cool breeze that once welcome came through my bedroom window has become a cold one and must now be evicted. The small garden I planted during quarantine in Lafayette is doubtless withered and dry. No fruit upon the stem. It sits desolate and foreboding, whispering of a winter to come. These are, in so many words, the signs of the times. But they are accompanied by another parallel set of signs, as our readings in the liturgy make a similarly predictable sort of turn. Just as spring faded to fall, so warm stories of miracles and mercy turn to warnings of last things and unambiguous endings. Just as the trees, once adorned as royalty, radiant in red and green and gold, now sit with bare arms outstretched to heaven, so we turn our eyes, our arms, up in supplication before Christ the King. Elizabeth Scalia wrote that we are startled by the first chilly days as though we had forgotten through the long, hot summer that we still need warmth in our lives and will reach for it where we trust it may be found. Indeed, in body and in soul, this reminder is precious. And just as the cold night reminds us how much we need warmth, so this season in the church, where we remember death and the dead, reminds us how much we need life. We need God. And in remembering death, we ought to be reminded of a peculiar but certain fact. Once, there was no death. Let me tell you the story. In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And so the second, and the third, and the fourth. There was land and sea, plants, sun and moon. There came to be living things, and they were all good. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. Once 
there was no death. God did not create it. Originally and in the intention of the creator, man should not have died. But they did. Man and woman in their freedom chose against God. They lost the grace of original holiness. They became afraid of God, the God who made them. Their image of him was distorted. They imagined him to be jealous of his own prerogatives, tyrannical. The harmony in which they found themselves in the beginning was destroyed. Their relationship with God was shattered. And we need to feel that and mourn it till it breaks our hearts. Because once cut off from the source of life, mankind was doomed. Once there was no death, but through one man's sin, death appeared. Once there was no hope, alone and in a disenchanted world, wrestling with the consequences of their own sin, cast out of the garden, mankind toiled through cursed earth, thorn, and thistles. Men and women were marked by lust and domination. They worked and birthed, consumed and slept. And for even the best of them, all was, was vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? The preacher's answer, nothing. Nothing. Because no matter what they gained, death still stalked them to steal it away. Like a lingering virus begging for a cure. We know something about that, don't we? They needed a cure, but they had no doctor. They needed saving, but they could not find a savior. Once there was no hope. Then something happened, and it happened fast. Born in the likeness of men, God touched down. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He breathed our air. He walked on our earth, and he was obedient even to the point of death. Death on a cross. With Christ's death and resurrection, something happened to death. It ceased to be lonely suffering in the dark. It ceased to be empty. When we die, we do not die alone. We die with Christ. Our death is not empty because Christ has filled it with purpose. Christ's death gives all death, every death, a new character. Not, not erasing it, but changing its meaning. Now it can become what it should have been in the beginning for the first man, when everything was good. The passage into a new 
eternally human life. In the prayers of the Mass, throughout ordinary time, we're told that Christ came to the aid of mortal beings, that's you and me, with his divinity, and even fashioned for us a remedy out of mortality itself, so that the cause of our downfall might become the means of our salvation. Indeed, we're reminded also that life is not ended. It's changed. Once there was no death, and God never forgot it. Once there was no hope, but God brought plenty. This is why St. Paul speaks to mourners as he does in the second reading. He says, We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. We'll grieve. Yeah. It's okay to grieve. It's good to grieve. We ought to grieve, each in their own way. But we will not grieve like those who have no hope, because... We're drowning in hope. Baptized in Christ, we are baptized into his death, a death like his. That's why in a funeral mass, the priest begins by covering the casket with a baptismal garment and sprinkling it with holy water, the water of baptism, so that we may remember Christ's death and the forever that it leads into. United with Christ in the Eucharist, here in the Mass, we're united with Christ in his passion, his death, and in his resurrection. Separated from our hope by sin, we say I'm sorry in sacramental confession and repair that broken relationship that no longer needs to be broken. Christ changed death. United now with Christ, we are changed, as are the lives of our loved ones for whom we pray today. And we do pray. Oh, we pray. We hope and we pray on this All Souls Day. You may know this, maybe you know, that I also mourn today the loss of a friend Father Christopher Roberts was a priest in my support group, my fraternity. He was a brother. We saw each other frequently. And he died only a few weeks ago. I know, I, I know he was a holy man here on earth. And I have hope. But I know that if he were here and I said to him, Chris, you know, I I think you're in heaven. I don't need to pray for you. (laughs) His face would start to match the color of his bright red hair, and he'd shame me for my presumption and my pride. Because I love him, I pray for him. C.S. Lewis tells a story about a soul who is offered heaven, but who with presumption and pride retorts to the offer and says, I only want my rights. I'm not asking for anyone's bleeding charity. To which his guardian responds, Then do.
immediately. Ask for the bleeding charity. Dante tells a story about traversing through hell to get to heaven, and after having passed countless souls in purgatory, dead for centuries, he encounters the soul of a friend that died only a few days before. To Dante's surprise, this soul is already moved fast and far along the way. And when Dante stops to ask him how he progressed so far, so fast, he says, I've been spirited here, relieved from the long journey by my wife's doing. Tear on tear fell from her eyes, and with her sighs and prayers, she took me from the slope where souls must wait and set me free from all other rings. Her prayers helped him. And our prayers helped too. Friends, the cold night reveals our need for warmth. Death reveals our need for God. Once there was no hope, once there was no death, now we have hope and we endure death, but the leaves of the New Testament are rustling with the rumor that it will not always be so. We, the living, hope and pray for my friend, for your loved ones, and for all souls. May the angels lead them into paradise. May the martyrs receive them at their arrival and lead them to the heavenly city of Jerusalem. May the angel chorus receive them and with the poor man Lazarus, may they rest in peace. May their, may their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen.